I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Hello, welcome back to To Be Honest. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart and close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating some kind of machinery. So take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your worries go, and let your past go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in. And exhale out loud with a sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Thank you for all the questions that came in last week, commenting on the topic of self-concept, the concept of self, and a few number of you ask whether self-identity is the same as self-concept. So I would like to clarify that. In short, yes, self-concept is also known as self-identity. So actually, self-identity is the sum total of a being's knowledge and understanding of themselves. So, in other words, the term self-concept or self-identity is a general term which is used to refer to how someone thinks about, evaluates. Or perceives themselves. So last week I introduced Carl Rogers' scientific theory 
of the three components of self-concept. The first one is self-esteem or self-worth. The second component is self-image, and the third is the ideal self. In other words, self-identity is an understanding of ourselves, which is based on our personal experiences, body images, and the thoughts we have about ourselves, and also how we tend to label ourselves in different situations. So it is obvious that if you have a strong and clear self-identity, you will have a strong sense of self. And a few number of you did ask a very good question, and it's going to be today's topic: What happens? If we have a weak sense of self, how does one express their weak sense of self? What does it look like? What is the sense of self? Simply put, your sense of self is the identities. That's why we say self-identity. It's the identity you carry around all day long, every single day. It is your sense of like this is me and this is not me. The sense of self, also known as the ego, is an image we carry around in our minds about who we are. When we have a strong sense of self, we are able to differentiate ourselves from other people, and it is the biological, psychological, emotional, and spiritual destiny of all human beings to create a strong sense of self. Otherwise, there will be consequences. Now, let's say if a person who was raised in a fundamentalist Christian faith or cult. Or any time they try to assert a differentiated sense of self, they were torn down by their parents, authority figures, or the fundamentalist religion they held dear. The only acceptable identity permitted in that childhood was identifying with a group mentality, i.e., the righteous servants of God and religious ideal. Such as being a good and faithful Christian, or a Muslim, or a Buddhist, so on and so forth. Not being given permission or space to grow a clear identity. More often than not, the child developed a weak sense of self that can spiral into serious mental health issues. Now, don't get me wrong. If some of you are Christians. Or have a strong faith. I have nothing against organized religion because you don't have to be raised in an intensely religious atmosphere to develop a weak sense of self. To be honest, I believe that having a weak sense of self is an epidemic issue infecting humanity worldwide. I would go as far as saying that most of us have poorly developed identities. We are just not aware of it. Why? Let's take a few moments to consider a basic question. Now, to what degree were the qualities of self-understanding, self-exploration, and self-knowledge honored in our environment growing up? Seriously, think about it. And if you are like most people, your response will be not that much, or worse, not at all. I bet not only were these qualities non-existent 
or never spoken about, but you were probably also taught who you should be according to your parents and definitely society standards and most likely the culture that you are in. In other words, you were never encouraged to develop a strong sense of self. Unfortunately, there are serious consequences involved with failing to develop your ego fully, and I mean a healthy ego. So, what are some of the symptoms of a weak sense of self? Or, what does it look like? How do they show up? Here are some of the symptoms. Losing your sense of self in romantic relationships. It can also show up in the form of enmeshment with your parents. That means a difficulty separating your thoughts and feelings from your parents' thoughts and feelings. A good example would be in some cultures, they value filial piety and or strict obedience. Or your inability to create strong boundaries resulting in massive energy loss. Weak sense of self can also show up in the form of scattered priorities. For example, not knowing how to manage your time and energy. Or aimlessness and difficulty setting goals. Not knowing what you want to do with your life. Or group mentality. For instance, tendency to create an identity based on an ideal held by a group of people. Or increased susceptibility to peer pressure, i.e. being pressured by others to do things that make you feel uncomfortable or aren't authentic to you. For example, you may not want to drink. However, your friends make fun of you and you cave. It also can show up in empathy overload, meaning empathizing too much with others that you lose yourself, i.e. a people pleaser. It can also show up in the form of social anxiety. That means feeling overwhelmed by others because you don't have a solid identity. It might be because there is constant comparison with other people. When your self-identity is weak or weak sense of self, more often than not, uh, you will have low self-esteem because a weak identity plus not knowing much about yourself equals to tendency to feel suspicious and doubtful of yourself. I'm sure you can imagine when you are in that state of mind, your self-confidence will suffer as well. It can also show up in chronic low-level to intense anxiety due to not feeling at home within yourself because you have a weak sense of self, meaning you are not comfortable in your own skin, or feeling lost in life, or the tendency to be taken advantage of by others because of weak boundaries. And it also show up in the form of living another person's definition of happy or success or disconnection from your true needs, desires and dreams. So a lot of times you might not know what your passion is and it can also show up in the feelings of emptiness inside. So it's as if there is a hole inside of you. Now at this time, I would like you to push the pause button. 
and notice what you are noticing. How are you feeling? Tune into your body if that helps to ground you. Take a few deep breaths. How do you feel in response to the symptoms that I just mentioned? If you feel a sense of physical discomfort or strong emotions arising, well, it's likely that these symptoms that I just shared has triggered you. Actually, it's good news because it is a clear sign that you need to develop a stronger sense of self. Uncomfortable feelings are there to communicate with us; otherwise, we wouldn't be aware. So, let us explore further, and let me give you some practical tools. Tool number one: Learn how to be alone. I absolutely understand this is scary if you already have this symptom of not liking to be alone. To be honest, to make space to be alone with yourself is the best first step to developing a strong identity. Seriously, how often are you genuinely alone with no technological distractions or people around you? The reason why making time each day to be alone is so beneficial is that it creates a space for you to listen to your inner self. Being alone means that all external distractions are set aside, and you are left with yourself. I absolutely understand and know, consciously or subconsciously, many of us fear solitude because it brings up everything that we have been trying to avoid, including our inner voice, isn't it? However, you must try to gently push through this discomfort and realize that alone time is absolutely essential for developing a strong sense of self. Not to mention to calm your mind and be still enough to listen to your still small voice. Unlike your critical voice, the still small voice is always supportive, caring, empathetic, and loving. You just need to be still and quiet and alone to hear it. So, to ease any fear you may have, set yourself a task to do that involves self-exploration. For example, journaling, artistically expressing your feelings and thoughts, or simply sitting down and listening to some emotional music and see what kind of emotions arise in you. Find ways to be with yourself and explore your inner world. Now, if you don't have much time to spare, squeeze in your solitude time in an activity you already do. For example, spend your lunch break, toilet break, shower time, or moments before bed with your thoughts and feelings. Ultimately, the more time you dedicate to being alone. Consciously, that is, and exploring your inner self, the more you will get back. Because the more you practice, the less fearful you will be. And once you start hearing that still small voice in you, there is no turning back, and that's your sense of self. Tool number two: boundaries. Set boundaries, please. I'm sure by now most of my audience would know that I'm huge on boundaries. If you have weak boundaries, most likely you'll have weak sense of self. 
As a matter of fact, I recorded three episodes on healthy boundaries, healthy relationships. To find out more, please go back and have a listen、uh, to episode eighty, eighty-one, and eighty-two. I'm pretty sure. So I'm not going to spend more time here to talk about setting boundaries and saying no. However, this much I will say: by creating strong boundaries, you are strengthening your sense of self by defining what is and is not okay in your social situations. You might also like to pay attention to any people in your life who are frequently overstepping your boundaries. Notice how you feel around every person in your life. Do they support and uplift you, or do they drag you down? Tool number three: clearly define your likes, dislikes, and values. Now, for this tool, you will need a piece of paper and pen. You make three lists: one section for your likes, one section for your dislikes, and the last section for your values. So, for your likes and dislikes section, think back to moments in your life where you felt either extremely happy or extremely unhappy. You can also think about what traits you like and dislike in other people. So, write down your discoveries on your piece of paper. You might also like to reflect on the. Qualities of your role models and also people that you don't particularly like. What do you like and dislike about each? Write it down. Now, values are what you honor, respect the most in yourself and others. For example, values include being generous, being honest, being in touch with spirituality, going the extra mile, being kind, being empathetic. Etc. Etc. So our values are unique to us and come from our hearts and souls. To discover your values, you will need to ask this question: What qualities can I not live without, both in myself and others? So, if this question doesn't bring up any strong responses, think about times in your life when you felt the most proud of yourself and write them down. For example, it can be resilience, or it is important for you to have sense of humor and also sense of humor in others. So, in other words, what qualities motivated your behavior? Write them down. It is vital to have clear values because knowing our values is like a blueprint of our life. We use it to make huge lives decisions and choices, and also it differentiates us from other people. Next tool is to take responsibility for yourself only, not other people, unless they are your young children. Okay, that's the only exception, because having a weak sense of self means that you are prone to overempathize with others to the point of taking responsibility for their feelings and actions. Stop that. Realize that the only person you are responsible for is guess who? Yes, yourself. Your parents, friends, colleagues, older children, and partner are all ultimately responsible for their own life and happiness. It is not your job to make them happy. They are responsible for making themselves happy. Like I said earlier, with the exception of small children, of course. 
by trying to take responsibility for others, uh, most likely you are depriving them of the ability to learn an essential life lesson. That we must all be sovereign and take control of our perspectives, feelings, and actions. Now, it is not your job to be friends with everyone, caretake everyone, save everyone, or please everyone. Keep affirming this to yourself and you will find it easier to strengthen your identity as you will no longer be giving all that energy away to others. And worse, some people don't even appreciate it. And the last tool to strengthen your sense of self that I'm going to share here is explore your passions. If you don't know what your passions are, ask yourself these questions. What makes you excited? What makes you feel alive? What activities call to you? By exploring your passions, you are simply supporting the process of individuation or ego development that we must all go through in order to strengthen our sense of self. So pay attention to what hobbies, talents that you exhibit or skills grab you and pull you in. Give yourself permission to follow these passions and see where they lead you. So thank you for listening. Until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to be honest. Bye for now. You can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-A-K-I-A-O.com.